ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ken Fallon, and today I'm very pleased to bring you an interview with the founder of DuckDuckGo, Mr. Gabriel Weinberg. Hi, Gabriel. Did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, Gabriel, but thank you for having me. Hi. So um, you're the founder of DuckDuckGo. Just in case any of our listeners don't know, can you tell us a little bit about the site? Sure. Uh, DuckDuckGo is a general purpose search engine, so it's designed to replace your uh, generally Google use. Um, it does a number of things sort of differently better, but you know, generally it works the same as a regular search engine. Um, we've tried to focus on a lot more instant answers above the results. Um, and we also focus on getting rid of a lot of spam and uh, irrelevant results. And then we, the third thing we focus on is privacy. Um, and we try to say that you know we have real privacy, which means that we really don't know who you are uh, when you search, and there's you know no way for us to uh, track you. So um, aside from IP addresses, I guess, and cookies. We don't store IP addresses actually, and we don't set cookies by default. Okay. We also don't store user agents, <laughs> which have been known to track your, uh, be able to track your sessions, even if you don't store those other things. And uh, yeah, and they're doing stuff now with fonts on your PC to be able to identify your browser. Yeah, the EFF put out a tool that uh, we're referring to is you can do like a unique fingerprinting of your browser, um, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, we, we obviously don't store any of that stuff either. Okay, um, just to give the listeners a little bit of a background. So tell me how you ended up, did you just wake up one day and decide, okay, I want to go uh, against uh, up against the you know, most powerful company in the world and uh, do a better search engine? Or how did this come about? <laughs> it came about more of a um, sort of dissatisfaction with Google and then a recognition that I was messing around with Wikipedia and Delicious and finding often better links external links in those sources and so i was actually going there to search for things instead of google and you know the thought occurred to me okay well what if you take this to the logical conclusion google's getting more and more spam in it and there's more and more of these external sources crowdsourced apis that have good results uh, and so what if you sort of mash those all together um would it create a decent search engine and so i, I built sort of a prototype on a weekend and I messed around with it and liked it, and it sort of just grew organically from there. Okay, fantastic. It does, I, I must say, I've been using it for um, a while now, and it gives different results to Google. I guess I guess people are now trained that uh, the Google results are the correct search results. Can you tell me why that would be, um, you know, why I might want to... Why am I getting different results in your search engine as opposed to um, if I type in Hacker Public Radio, for instance, in, into Google, why do I get two different results? Right. So the short answer is is that, you know, obviously Google and DuckDuckGo are somewhat black boxes and we don't know each other's algorithms. So they're naturally going to lead to somewhat different results. But a um, sort of a more, um, there's more of a philosophical answer, I guess, which is, that you know, each search engine sort of tries to concentrate on different things. And so what we've tried to concentrate on more is this notion of zero-click info, this um, more conceptual results. Um, and we also try to do things like, this is where we differ from Google more, where we'll um, 
really respect your query more and not try to change it around and um, give you results for things that are slightly different than what you searched for. Um, and we we're way more aggressive at removing the you know SEO type of sites. Um, so you'll see a lot less of those. Um, but ultimately, it depends on a given query, you know, what's going on. And so these are just somewhat generalizations. Um, but one thing I'd say is that, like, yeah, we definitely give different results than Google. So there, there are is definitely a if you're having trouble with doing deep searches, there's really a reason to go to other search engines uh, and use multiple ones because you will get different results. I just uh, saw on your webpage that um, this whole concept of a bubble. I wonder, could you explain that? to the listeners? Yeah, so there's this concept um, that was best or most recently uh, nicely enumerated in a book called The Filter Bubble. Um, and the concept goes like this. Um, when you search at Google now and most other search engines and even other sites, um, use other sites like Facebook, they're using what you've previously done on those sites. I you Google what you've clicked on and what you've searched for to tailor your results on different searches. Um, so when you search for, you know, something like climate change, it may be impacted by what you previously searched for and where you live and things like that, um, even though you don't th may think those things are related. Um, and so what that means is because you often search and click for things that you like, you end up seeing more and more of things that Google thinks you like. And that may leave out some opposing viewpoints and you know things that you're less likely to click on, but otherwise um, contain information that's valid. Um, and so what they call us is a bubble because you're sort of living in a bubble that Google is presenting to you, um, and you're 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 missing things that are outside of that bubble, which generally over time may contain opposing information to your core beliefs. Okay, uh, I actually did the example on your website. And although I don't search that much in Google, I did end up uh, getting very different results than what was on the um, what was on the example page for other people. So uh, they're obviously taking Google Reader into account as well. So um, it's kind of scary stuff. Um, I wonder, um, could you just tell us um, a little bit about um, your own background and how you, uh, you know, what your educational background is, how you kind of got into uh, doing these servers and putting this stuff together, what it runs on, that sort of thing. Sure. So uh, I'll start with background, and then you can hit me up for the server questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, uh, I grew up in Atlanta. I spent a couple years in Philippines uh, before that, and then I went to college in Boston, Massachusetts at MIT. Um, I got a degree in physics. And then I graduate degree in technology and policy. Um, and then basically right out of school, I, I started doing startup stuff. And I, um, I started an educational software company that was about increasing parental involvement in schools. Um, and that ultimately didn't really go very far. And then I started another company um, that was about finding old friends and classmates uh, pre-Facebook. Interesting. And yeah, that that did that was one that did well, and I sold that in 2006, um, which enabled me to sort of take on this bigger problem, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. So then, um, about a year after that, I started, you know, messing around with DuckDuckGo, and I've been doing it for about three years now. now I'm sure you have a a massive team of people working uh, 
behind the scenes there. So uh, can you tell me how many uh, people are employed full time on <laughs> DuckDuckGo? You would be surprised or maybe you already know, but um, it's just me full time <laughs> still at the moment. Although there are, I don't want to short sell other people's contributions because there are many people who have contributed, you know, significantly, but I'm still the only full time person. Yeah, okay. And how, how in the name of God can you uh, attempt to, to best um, the likes and resources of Google uh, or Yahoo or Bing or anybody else for that matter? Well, this is the beauty of the external API age. Um, so I did initially start out doing my own crawling and everything um, and, and, and building everything from the ground up, um, but quickly realized, of course, that, you know, you need, I mean, Microsoft and Google basically spend hundreds of millions of dollars a year on that component alone. Um, so obviously I'm not doing that, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so what happened was is Yahoo Boss came out, which was their... Um, exposing their search feed um, and I decided I could use that and concentrate on uh, value ads that I identified which are you know adding sort of better results on top of theirs and um, getting rid of spam and then over time it also turned into um, changing their results a lot which is why you see our results are pretty different than Bing and Yahoo even though we use their feeds um, and so now it's it's a, and then we also started using a bunch of external other external APIs like Wolfram Alpha and there's about you know 40 sources, mm -hmm. um, and so what you get is um, an amalgamation of our code plus everyone else's code, which is sort of what I call a hybrid search engine, and what that really enables you to do is if I'm using say like a um, if I want to get good uh, music results say right. Yeah. and I'm going to use a music API from a company that just concentrates on music, it's as if we had employees that were doing that, but we can use it just based on calling their API. Yeah. So if you think about it, we have tons and tons of people working for us, but they're not working directly for DuckDuckGo. Because you don't have to pay them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's um, similar to the argument of open using open source, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. What do you... Uh... Just when I uh, typed in Hacker Public Radio there, for instance, I get some pages, obviously, that are from Wikipedia because it says Wikipedia and I see the Facebook uh, link there. But results brought to you by Bing, built on Yahoo, you know, what does this mean is is also there. Um, yes. Does that refer to a single search or does it refer to all of them? Um, so when you use the Bing or Yahoo APIs, they require attribution so it is um that's how i've decided to be good to them and display that which i think is fair yeah but it's what it's not doing is using their feeds exactly which is why it doesn't look the same um so really all that means is that uh on some calls we use their services <laughs> for some things okay. um and uh but it's giving them proper attribution yeah only right and proper i guess um I must say, once uh, once you, I guess once people start using uh, DuckDuckGo, and okay, I'll ask the question: Why DuckDuckGo.com? Um, I wish I had a, a decent answer for you. Um, it uh, popped into my head one day, and I really liked it, and my wife liked it, so I went with it. I'm generally super bad at names, and it seemed like a good name, so I just went with it. Um, there is a you're not from the U.S., so there there is a childhood game in the U.S. called Duck Duck Goose. Yeah. 
um, which is probably where it was derived from in my head. Um, but well, it was... now they're going to be coming after you for copyright infringement. You <laughs> want to say that? Right. It's nothing related to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it, you, you probably have a different name for the game or something. It's like where children chase around each other in a circle um, after they tap each other on the head. Yeah, we call it TIG, I think. <laughs> what do you call it? TIG. TIG? Okay. Yeah. Or TAG. Um, but I must say, coming from Ireland, uh, you should never let the truth stand in the way of a good story. So you can always, uh, <laughs> I'll have the listeners here uh, send in better uh, better stories of where the name came from. Um, now I'm completely lost. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, what I wanted to say was, once you get over the it's not Google uh, thing, I was very comfortable putting it as my um, homepage, especially because um, when you go into search preferences, uh, you can specify that it's HTTPS, that your local country is uh, the Netherlands, that your language is going to be this, that you want uh, the links on the side, that you do or you don't want the ads, all that sort of stuff comes up and you can have it as a URL parameter on, uh, on the bottom of your page. So you seem to be really serious about this whole um, no tracking privacy thing. Why do you feel so strongly about that? I, um, you know, got into it not really thinking about that stuff at all, and it wasn't like a core thing when I started. But then um, what really triggered it was some, well, two things really. One, there were some comments on Reddit that were like, why are you storing this stuff? Um and I had never really thought about it. You know, it's really the default when you turn on your web server that yeah. it prints out IP addresses. Um, and then I Google came out with a report that was saying how many requests they have gotten from governments across the world yeah. um, and law enforcement and that they have to deal with these in court and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I looked at it and I thought, A, it's actually pretty creepy that <laughs> I would know what people are searching for. You know, yeah. Um, and B, I don't want to deal with any law enforcement requests whatsoever. So that so the first one is more of a privacy user protection creepiness thing. The second is more of a personal preference. I just don't want to deal with it. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and uh, so that's sort of where it came from. And then once it became that, then I then you have the the mode of thinking about it. And once I started thinking about it, and over time incrementally, some from user feedback, some from my own, I realized there's whole bunch of other things you can do and other leaks that were going on that we could you know close um and so i've done that over time yeah it is uh i must say it's what's what uh i, I like about it is it, it looks like google you know 10 years ago when it started off you know it was just yeah. you type in your question you get the results that's it thank you very much ma'am and just to let the listeners know if you know, if you're there and you've run a search on DuckDuckGo and it doesn't work out, you can just go back up to the page, put an exclamation mark G and a space, and then it'll put the whole uh, that whole string and send it over to Google for you. Um, that's a stroke of genius. Can you tell us more about that sort of that functionality? Yeah, it's called um, I had called it Bang syntax off of the Unix uh, Bang, um, and uh, what it does is it'll send it, you know, there's different commands for different search engines, but the basic idea is it'll send your query anywhere you want to. So you can even do that on the homepage. You can bypass us altogether and send it right to Google or Amazon or, you know, wherever you want to go. There's a, there's a thousand of the commands at this point. So slash, a lot of sites slash, are covered. 
slash w is wikipedia for <laughs> for so the genesis was really i i actually just built this feature for myself and didn't really ex have any intention of exposing it because uh, originally i just wanted i i constantly am searching cpan because it's written in mainly in Perl. um yeah. and cpan is where all the Perl modules are stored yeah and going to search.cpan.org is a pain and then you got to search and cpan search their site is already so slow yes <laughs> that skipping the first page just saved me a lot of time and so i just built this in and then over time i realized every time i showed it to someone they're like what are you doing and then they, they thought it was pretty interesting so then i exposed it and then over time people who you know understand the syntax seem to really like it yeah i think it's uh i think it's fantastic i now have uh duck, duck, go on all my own machines as the home page and it's right there. It's up in two seconds. There's no JavaScript going on in the background. There's no notifications. Uh, really, since Google Plus has come on, it's it's turned the Google homepage into an application. And, you know, I just can't be dealing with that <laughs> first thing <laughs> in the morning. Understood. Now, to go back to the question about the servers and stuff, can you give us a background of your massive data center that's out there in uh, Philly? <laughs> so, I started... Um using a ISP local here and running our own servers because that's what I had been used to. Um, when that sort of somewhat recently, but really sort of reached capacity, I've switched to Amazon EC2. Um, and so that's really the front where all the front end stuff is, is running now. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately I had to move in doing that from FreeBSD to Ubuntu. Um, or to Linux, and uh, but it's worked out well so far. I mean, there's there's things I like and don't like about EC2, but it generally is a great alternative. Okay, uh, fueling the flame wars that that we all know and love. <laughs> why uh, why is it a problem going from BST to Linux? Um, there's no real problem with it. It's just that I had been doing uh, been using BSD for a long time and was less familiar with Linux. You know, so I had, yeah, I, know. I had all these scripts and things that were pretty bsd specific that i had to like you know port over and that was just sort of a one-time pain yeah i get you um so it runs on uh, you mentioned Perl. it runs on ubuntu bsd um so what else is what else is there we're using um nginx mainly for the web server um we use a bunch of different data stores uh solar postgres uh, flat files, um, this CDB, which is a weird read-only database format. Um, we use memcache um, for caching. Um, then there's a bunch of other side components that some other people have written in, like uh, there's some Python stuff, and um, there's a, so we have a Jabber um, client that answers things over uh, I am, and that's written in Node. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, mainly the bulk of it is in Perl and JavaScript. So there's 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 you know some front end stuff that helps do all these external API calls. Um, mm -hmm. Most of that's in JavaScript. Looking on your Wikipedia page, which is cool to have a Wikipedia page, um, it says that you started off um, a site with the option. Uh, a community site with with the view to open sourcing it is is that something that's going to happen or is it practical or so we have yeah so 
I am very much focused on on doing more of that. We have a GitHub account with a bunch of repositories now, and um, I'm trying to. People write all the time asking to help out or if they can help out, and I'm trying to make it so any anytime someone helps out, it'll be open source, um, or if if they want. And so more and more of it's coming open source. The actual core, some of the core stuff, I don't, I'm not prepared yet to open source for various business reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would like to open source as much as possible. Okay. Speaking of business, uh, where are you going to make your money from on this? So as you noted before, there are a few ads on it, but um, you can turn them off. Um, that it turns out to be enough um, for the moment to break even, and hopefully over time it'll you know become more profitable. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, I had the, I was very impressed that the option was there to turn it off, and I did for a second to see if yes in fact it turns them off and then I turned them back on because uh, well hey why not give you uh, give you a few shekels if um, if it works you also do affiliate programs via Amazon and, and, and the like if I yep. understand it. that's right the um, we're somewhat limited in that approach because um, well we're still exploring but basically I'm wary of going through third parties which can do some tracking you know yeah um, although the, the good thing about Amazon and eBay is that they, they run their own affiliate programs, so you don't have to do that. Okay, very good. Um, the one thing that would prevent me from moving from Google, of course, would be the, uh, the changing logo from time to time. Yeah. So uh, until you get that fixed, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to stay with Google. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, we're actually working on setting a custom logo. Um, but, but I actually see here I'm a, I'm a bit being a bit facetious here. No, I, I know, I know. I see that you do have. Uh... You're being facetious, but there you'd be surprised that I get actually requests. Usually, I'd say from the UK more than not that it's the duck is too unprofessional. I can't use your search engine because oh, it's not professional enough. <laughs> you serious? I, I am serious. This is this is comes up, this comes up a, a lot actually, and it seems a bit crazy to me. But um, because well, we have all these sort of cool logos that people made, I wanted to make the option in any case for you able to set um, one of these alternative logos. But at that point, you might as well just let people set their own logo. Yeah. Well, just to let people know that if you do log in, you have. Um... The logo, the duck logo, does change from time to time for different celebrations. So it's, it is kind of cool. Um, you know, you should name the other one uh, Duck Duck Pro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We better go register that before uh, <laughs> before this airs. Um, was there anything else? I'm just looking down through the uh, list of questions um, that I had. Was there anything else that I missed or um, that you'd like to bring up? Um, no, but if you'd like. Uh, I don't know how technical your audience is, but I'm pre- happy to answer any other weird, off-technical questions you have. Our audience varies from uh, the novice right up to the uh, the uh, uh, geekiest of the geeks. So um, if there's anything you want to tell us, uh, feel free to do so. You um, Sorry, go on. Uh, no, I don't really have anything. I would just say... Um, 
after listening to this whole podcast, you should give it a try. <laughs> yes, so, you, you should definitely do that. The way to do that is to set it as your default for a week because you sort of have to give it a little bit of time. Yeah, and there is that phase where it isn't uh, uh, it isn't Google, and once you get over that, it's it actually turns out to be quite nice. Especially the uh, the red box gives you a lot of uh, interesting information. And because you can see the sources that it comes from Wikipedia or it comes from archive.org, then you can, uh, I find myself trusting it more, you know, the, or the red, the stuff in the red box I know is going to be an actual result. Um, okay. I uh, just, one last thing here, you, you see on your website that you give 10% of your income to free and open source projects. Yes. What, what prompted you to do that? Well, I had been sort of like we talked about before, I rely on these external APIs and usually those are businesses and in some sense that's a win-win or we even will pay. But in the case of open source, I mean, our the DuckDuckGo is essentially built on open source software and we're not, you know, paying for that, obviously. Um, and so I wanted to encapsulate that by giving, a, giving something back. I mean, I'd used it also in my previous company and we didn't really do that. Um, but I thought this would be a good way. And honestly, I hope to inspire other people to do the same. That hasn't happened too much yet. But um, either way, I enjoy doing it. Okay. So how does Yahoo if, make money on your search results if if they are put into your page and they have no tracking or any other information? They charge us per call. Ah. So by searching on DuckDuckGo, the money is going to eventually go to Microsoft. To Yahoo, to Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, uh, at least you know where it's going. Okay, how much is a requester? Can I not ask that question? Oh, it's a, uh, you know, I actually it varies by type of call, and I don't have it off the top of my head. But if you just search Yahoo Boss, yeah, their pricing is you know public and everything. Oh, okay. Um. The, just to be clear, right, if you want to mess around with the Bing API, there is a free Bing API, but you, you're limited if you, um, you can't commercialize it. Yeah, I understand. No, I, I must say I'm very very happy with the, with the results that I'm getting back. I like the um, exclamation mark or the bang commands. It's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, look forward to... Uh, the surge of interest coming from the HPR community as uh, once this show go- is aired. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Okay. Um, shall we call it? A, shall we call it a day there? Sounds good. Okay. I'd just like to thank you very, very much for coming on and uh, recording this. It's I'll. Um, I can't tell you when it's going to be up. It'll probably be next week, but I'll send you a link to it when uh, it gets posted. Okay. Thank okay, you th- again for having me. No problem. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. For more information on the show and how to contribute your own shows, visit hackerpublicradio.org.